Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Nice. Tom's best mate. That's my nemesis there, that dog. He hates me. Even after I plied him with treats. He's got the farts as well. It's horrible. He never hello, hello Lincoln. Well, yeah. I see you, Lincoln. Can you see him, Lincoln? Get him. Oh, Get him. he's cute. Sick me. Go on. How about me? No, I'm not in his house, so I'm not an issue for him. Yeah. Um, welcome, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, and armager helverins to that 6++ show. I am your host, Tom, and I am joined tonight by our dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am very well, thank you, sir. Not bad at all. What What are you up to, Chris? What I'm up to right now is yep. building some Dire Avengers. Dire Avengers! Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Old, old kits. The oldest aspects. Yeah, the, there's like 10 pieces on these. It's great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've... Um, be thinking about moving over to some more conventional Eldari shenanigans. The point um, he is. And uh, so going for a, a Hail of Doom list with some Twilight, with a Twilight Patrol. So I might want to try that. Um, go try some Yunari, keep playing the Harlequins as well. That's kind of like yep. focus for the next couple of months, I reckon. See how that goes. Excellent. Yeah, very nice. I'm playing into at least one of those tomorrow, right? Is that, is you are indeed. I'm looking forward to it. Very looking, very much looking forward to it. Uh, but I'm not just joined by Chris. I'm also joined by the one and only Davy. How are you doing, oh, Davy? Oh, hello. <laughs> How are we all doing? Lovely to see you all. Uh, I am good. Yeah. Uh, hello. It's uh, obviously great to be on again. Um, yeah, things going good, man. Things going good. Excellent. Anything new with you? Um, so, really, uh, obviously, I had the RTT of the weekend, which went quite well. Oh, um, yes. We talk about that. And, I was both up. Mm-hmm. and then, very much looking forward to Faustus at the weekend for the first time ever running an army that isn't Tyranids in 40k. For the first mm-hmm. time in whew, more than a year. So, yes. I'll be running CSM. So, that'll be interesting. Wow. Reigning champions, right? Uh, yeah, Chaos which, are the which I found out yeah. after submitting, Lee was like, oh yeah, I won with uh, Black Legion last year. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh cool. Yeah, cool. he did. He did. They were they were a slightly different prospect last year, so don't feel don't feel any pressure to achieve the same results. They were, they were pre-Codex, right? No, it had literally just codex. come out. Was it no Codex? Just oh. come out. So we hit, we hit that event with four CSM lists into a field that had never played against CSM before. So it was... Yeah, it was good. It was a violent time. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. I'm so really I've had to take a bit of a fluff it. list, though, so I've had to not take yes. the stuff. Um, yep. So instead of 10 Terminators, I've got two times five Terminators. Oh, there you go. Okay, you that's know. very restrained. Took the hit. I've took the hit. Mm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Faustus as well. I'm taking my Drakari. I haven't played my Drakari in ages. I've got a Tantalus in my list, obviously. Yes. has to be done, the hero's choice. Um, so I think that should be really fun. Got sort of the, the whole army's a fleet, so it can all get in boats and all fly up the board really quickly. So it should be should be very nice. We've got a bunch of different armies. It's a team based format narrative event, which is an interesting Tempest of War. Of things. Tempest of War cards. It's all as well. things it's, I've never done before. It's all things to all men, and it's going to be really fun. I was actually going to suggest we get John Scrivens on to talk about designing this event. Yeah, um, possibly afterwards. 
um, for the for the next show. I think he was keen to chat about it. And be, obviously, you and I can talk about how it went as well. So, and tell him how rubbish we found it if if we feel that way about it, which I'm I'm confident we're not going to. Um, so what we're going to do for tonight's show is it's a bit of a, it's a bit of everything really. Um, we're in the sort of post LVO wash at the moment. Um, we're going to do some listener mail because we've asked you guys for questions and we've got a bunch of questions off off you through various channels so we're going to try and answer those we've got event recaps we've got davies rtt from this weekend to recap i'm going to very briefly rattle through my own rtt from a couple of weeks ago as well um then we're going to think about the lvo react to that the end of nephilim and sort of some some thoughts coming out of that and then finally we will finish up with an update on channel plans uh, more generally and what we're going to do going forwards so without further ado, we'll jump into listener mail. Now, what we've got is a bunch of questions that you guys all sent in. So thank you very much for that. And I'm going to field some of the ones we got into Discord. Chris is going to take out some of the ones um, we got on the socials. And then across me, Davey, Chris, we will attempt to grapple with these and answer them. So obviously anyone can jump in at any time. Uh, Chris, do you want to kick us off? Cool. So um, we got a question from Dark Te- Techno Dom. Good old Mr. Oh, Dominic, Dark Techno Dom. Hello, the Dom. Best smiling yeah. fight kit. Yeah. He is the most beautiful grin. Loveliest grin. Um, two questions. So the first one, um, where do demons fit in a more aggressive shooting meta? Will the big monsters be around? Oh, that's a very good question. It's a very good question. Demons I mean, from a tyranny have... point of view, right? From a tyranny point of view, we, yeah. right, we're not... Big monsters, kind of our thing, right? Yeah. Did you say demons? You said demons, all right? Yes, yeah, you said demons. demons. Yeah. So I can, I can talk. So I know that from our point of view, it's, it's a lot more risky taking them because a lot of high damage, a lot of AP, right? Yeah. Um, even AP yeah. one does does a great deal, and that's got, uh, now in the meta. So there's going to be more mm. of that flying into things, and obviously, death by a million cuts is also a way for a big monster to die. So when I think about demons, uh, obviously shooting not so much, but there's going to be a bit of a movement towards hordes a little bit. Mm. There's going to be more space marine bodies that potentially have chainsaws, potentially have uh, minus one knives is the what the incursors have, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's just going to be a lot more bodies flying forward on the battlefield. And I think that that's mm. not a good thing for large demon monsters. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that the shooting risk is very real. I think demons have a big advantage in their delivery systems, which are amazing. So demons can sure. deep strike. Demons can come in from leadership-based shenanigans, and demons can teleport out from big ruins. So they have a lot of ways to get into people's faces without needing to risk being out in the open. I think we'd already seen that only one or two big monsters is necessarily the way, maybe three, not more than that. Um, and for pure demons, flamers are still going to be great either via getting rerolls from Bellicor or through running Zinch and getting the plus one to hit to basically mean they're still on a really nasty output. And Flamers themselves are actually going to be better into a post-Armor of Contempt meta in terms of the saves. So Demons had good game into stuff like Tau, which was already a shooting threat. They had good game into stuff like Knights, which was a shooting threat. Um, Marines bring unique problems, so infiltrators and spec scam. Mm. That's not so straightforward for demons. Um, so I think they're in quite a similar place in some ways 
to my own GSC, which is they have good ways of delivering stuff. Um, and it's just whether the, the marine toolkit ends up being too effective at shutting them down and keeping them out, I think. Um, but certainly you're not just going to run out the board, are you, with your, your monsters? No. I mean, I played Lee with the new demons in Axe mm. And that was a really interesting game because I think he only had two monsters. Because yeah. And it's not because the monsters are bad. It's because the troops no. got better, right? Yeah. And, yeah, being able to just put them in. Obviously, I've got no Auspex gun or anything like that. But, you know, it was really... Um, you know, to have that many bodies come at you is really kind of difficult to deal with. Definitely. Deep strike. Um, even into Marines, you know, if you can avoid that Overwatch or avoid the Auspex scan with 20 Demonettes just running at you is is very strong. But I'm sure there's Definitely. ways, depending on which terrain layout you're on, if you're on UKTC, I think there'll be plenty of ways to get around this. But Yeah, I think so. You know, player-based or player-placed, rather, or um, uh, even GW terrain. Mm. will not be friendly towards this. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, they did better at LVO than people thought they were going to do. Um, people weren't expecting two demons in the top eight. They are an army, I think, that still requires very good play to use right, but asks quite unusual questions. Um, and, and there's probably still quite a lot of strength in that. All three um, had three demons, big big demons, right? Yeah, they did. They all had Scarbrand, right? They did. Uh, yes, I think so. I think so. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Lee was really hot on Scarbrand yeah. when when the book first came out. Um, no, yeah, that Nanavati list very much did a lot of the things. You know, Dean players were, were were keen on when it first came out with the chicken and the bloodthirster and Scarbrand. So yeah, it can definitely be done. Alrighty. Um, I will now pull one off the Discord. So we have Paint Celestine who said, Hi, I love listening to the podcast. I'm curious though, with Marines being seen as the top army, what do we predict will be the new style of gameplay? Do we think it's going to be a shooting war? Will it still be melee focused with objectives? What do we think will position well into Marines? Well, Chris, what are you building? <laughs> uh, things that are quite good at killing Marines. Yes, sir. Uh, it's elf season. Oh, yeah. yes. And I think... I think if you think it's really hard to know, right? So mm -hmm. we're obviously all predicting marines, um, and there are going to be a lot of marines around. And if you think the general approach is going to be a lot of stuff coming up from strategic reserve, and then like yep. boom, boom, boom. So that promotes like a lot of interesting things. So I think if you've got um, armies that can move really quickly around the ball, the board, and kind of like relocate and hit the points where they need to be. Um, and not so someone like Votan, for example, might well struggle because they're kind of like a sitting duck. Um, yep. Whereas, you know, the idea of the Eldar who can be hidden and then get really far away quite quickly and deliver those blows, like especially all at once, you take a hail mm. of doom list, and especially if you build it towards more of a trade PC site kind of thing, mm. um, I think it could just be really hard to respond to. Um, so I think I think that's. You know, shooty is quite often quite often king at certain points, isn't it? Like the most yeah. oppressive metas we've I, had. I'd argue, I think, I think shooting has been king since Admet came out with a couple of brief interludes, right? I yeah, really I mean, think the, most the, of this edition has been shooting. 
Yeah, when the meta's balanced, you've got good combat armies out there, and they can kind of mm. cause problems for the shooting armies. But when it's been mm. broken, it's never been a combat army, I don't think, that's done the breaking. It's always just been shooting armies that have done the breaking. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting to see if that if that kind of comes about. Um, yeah. But it, it does feel gunny, doesn't it? It feels like we're going to see a lot of guns, um, a lot of alpha strikes. So anything that can mitigate alpha strikes or can hit hard on its own terms is always a good bet into marines. Um, elves elves tend to thrive when marines are thriving, usually. You know, Crawfords especially are always at their best when there's lots of power armor out there for them to, to hunt. And now that Armor of Contempt is gone, they actually can do that properly again. But conversely, let's not forget Guard exist. And Guard oh, yeah. is really good. <laughs> It's gonna hurt elves so hard. Yeah, mortars, mortars. Well. Just so how crazy. much of a hail of doom army do you lose to mortars in your uh, first turn? Well, that's like, exactly that, it, is, isn't it? that is horrific, isn't it? Like, Absolutely horrendous. So, it's it's ridiculous that elves have been alive since before mankind. Almost like before, well, before mankind. Yet yeah. can't deal with a, a big lump coming from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not like they could have invented the metallic, the metal umbrella, for example. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have not. I think I think the focus on objective play, incidentally, because that was the second part of your question, paint sort of scene, um, definitely is going to stay, um, and and combat over objectives is still going to be crucial. I, I think of those earlier Iron Hands list the Nassim style, right, where you had your little smattering of sort of van vets or something in there to just go and do the little bit of grunt work yeah. on the objectives. Um, but the Marine sticky objectives is also going to be spicy because I think you're going to. F- Go into games where you're going to, especially if you go second, you're going to start with all the non-home objectives tagged, a bunch of marines hidden, and a bunch of guns waiting for you. Hmm. And that's quite an interesting position to be in. (laughs) Um, And I think marine players will evolve, a bit like guard players I think are going to evolve to have enough tech in the list to draw you out into the guns because smart players are not just going to walk into the shooting. Um, but no. the objective game is complicated massively by the sticky objectives that Marines now have. Um, so forward deploy is huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the things that's quite interesting is, um, so if the meta is going to be shooty, a lot of players like myself will think, well, how do I not get shot? So then you start to look at things like small footprints. How do I, yep. you know, especially with UKTC terrain, which is great, by the way, like, how can I've got a set at home, and the first thing I think about after I built a list is, can I fit all this behind a, behind all yeah, this terrain yeah. and not get shot turn one? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless I'm playing Ravenwing, which well, good luck, right? Um, <laughs> but against Iron Hands, against Guard, etc. Like, is there enough here that I can hide stuff, put stuff in reserve that's actually going to be a threat? Yep. So, so I think that that then lends itself to passive play, right? So, how can mm-hmm. I not get shot, and how can I still score points? So yep. then it's, well, uh, how do I make banners as good as possible? Uh, can mm-hmm. I do behind enemy behind enemy lines without really risking anything yep. of importance? Mm-hmm. Um, can I do what ritual without risking anything of importance? Like <laughs> I, how Eldari do it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, or T-Suns. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's some interesting things there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think genuinely it's going to move towards passive play. Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I think so. That, that's I think that's the other the other way forwards, isn't it? If you're not able to win the shooting war, you have to you have to score around that. And therefore, less one hundred, right? 
Maybe less 100s. Maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe. We'll Except against Rivenwick. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's there's definitely some high 90 scoring armies out there. That will yeah. be a big thing in the meta, though, I think, which armies can put up those high scores because that always shapes who actually Absolutely. places high. Thanks very much for the question, Paint Solicine. Hopefully that gives you some food for thought. Chris, next question from you. It's Dom again. Dom again. Um, Dark Tenor Tom, back again. He's back again. Quins aren't dead. I think Quins are more killy behind en- and behind enemy lines is better for them. Thoughts? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely right. They're still very, very good. They're still very, very good. Um, okay. uh, I've played um, one, two, three, four games now of Arcs. Yeah. Um, and obviously, so you think about what's changed. We knew they were S tier. Um, so what's changed about them? Well, the main thing is obviously the invite. And we always said all along, like, if you play like a perfect game with the Harlequins, the stuff that dies was going to die anyway. Yeah. Um, so where it got frustrating for your opponent or that sort of thing was when the four-ups just covered up for your mistakes. You know, you've got some armies which can afford to make positional mistakes because they're very resilient. And Harlequins didn't have that, but they had just enough skew with the yeah. minuses to hit, the lack of re-rolls, and the four-up invul, and maybe minus one to wound sometimes. Just enough skew that um, you could survive more often than your opponent planned on. That's yeah. now completely gone. Uh, <laughs> you pick something out, it dies. Okay, yeah. uh, I can just tell you this because I've tried being aggressive um, just to see how it played, and you just get smashed. So it's, <laughs> I think now they are definitely farmed much more into that play style of you just you can't afford any positional mistakes. What you go to kill has to die. Um, so I think therefore it's going to be a bit more of a cutthroat army. Um, but in terms of are they more killy? Yes, absolutely, because Arm of Contempt's gone, which means Shuriken's good. Unless it's going into um, 50 Terminators with um, Storm Shields, then it doesn't really do very much, as I found out the other day. Um, and, you know, their combat at minus two now puts Marines on a five up rather than a four up and stuff. Um, behind enemy lines is obviously the new stranglehold, I imagine, for most armies. Yeah. And Quinns are just going to love it. So, you know, that's... They um, but they were scoring it... I, yeah, really rarely, they were already great, weren't they? Very rarely did you not get a 15 on it as a Harlequins player. Maybe a 14. Um, unless you got smashed. So... That kind of doesn't matter too much, but obviously the fact that you only need to put one unit in now is is nice. It helps you. Um, but I think the fact that it's core only into the deployment zone um, for deadly performance, I think that kind of probably balances up the, the behind enemy lines um, improving. So, yeah, I think if you play Harlequins well, I think the problem is you're just going to have to lean much more into very mono... Like all the discussions on the dis- other discords I'm on and groups and stuff, all the discussions is based around seven and eight votes. Um, yeah. It's just maybe very varying characters and that sort of thing. I hate to alarm you all, but I have just built a list with two Troop Masters in. Double Troop Master? Double Troop Master. Okay. Maybe. And do you, so, so what, you send them both in at the same time to do one job? No, no, yeah. I mean, that's what would have to happen. <laughs> no, it's going to get doubly disappointed. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, one with um, Foot in Future and Chegarat's Rose to go punch something re-rolls, one with the Twilight Fang um, and um, w- Wounding on Twos. 
um, as a late game piece just to go pick up some things. Um, oh yeah, of course, because yeah, you just want to hold that, don't you, to the end game? So the extra and I'm also um, I am also just considering removing the second shadows here because I'm not sure how often I'm now going to be taking Wee Veil. Um, mm. I'm not sure whether it's because now that it goes off on an eight on the final cast, um, just feels like it's probably going to be a twelve, and sometimes it's going to be a nine, and with eight troops and seven in boats, I can kind of guarantee a twelve on R and D. Yeah. Like by playing a passive game. Mm. Um, and sometimes I can choose banners on two or three of the missions. So yeah, I'm thinking maybe drop a shadow in, and that would even that would enable me to have um an extra two bikes in. So I could have two units of bikes rather than one unit of bikes. So it's all those little things I think which will just come with a bit of playtesting. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Gwyns are absolutely not dead. You're just gonna see them less on the table because a bit more one-dimensional, and I'm not sure how much yeah. fun they're going to be playing. I mean, I've been playing. I think them that's a big thing. I've yeah. tried them. I've been playing. Yeah, I've been playing. I've played like eighty something games with them now, and I've played a lot of different styles of lists. But now we're going towards this very yeah. mono data sheet style, and it might, especially if you KTC terrain being the same every time. A lot of your games yeah. are going to go the same way, and that's why I am looking at other stuff because. You know, Harlequin's punch reasonably hard in combat, but they're not amazing. They can shoot quite hard if you put a load of stuff into certain parts of the army, um, but they don't have that overwhelming firepower. So it'd be quite nice to try some different things, really. And I think in line with that, I think elves and Eldari players in general are a bit of a herd, much like other particular sort of clusters of factions are and i th- i think craft worlds are going to come out of this in the nicest spot which means i think we'll see a lot more craft worlds than harlequins because it just tends to be that that player base can only be in so many places at once and if if if, mm. if craft worlds have got more play and a more interesting more dynamic which i think they're probably going to be um that might well be where a lot of our former harlequins players end up and and rightly so very nice thank you dom um, back to Discord, and we've got a question from Run Predictable, who says, "Big fan of the podcast. Grateful for all the work that goes into them. Oh, so much work. We just put so much work in, don't we?" Chris puts in work. I literally you. talk about stuff I was going to talk about anyway, and it just happens that we get some viewers out of it, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> so he's got a couple of questions. If that is okay, one, Tom, you've been going for one at events recently and performing well, by the sounds of it. I didn't write this, I promise. Um, what would it take for you to push well, five did, instead? Yeah, <laughs> imagine my mum talking about four ones. That'd be great. Mm. What would it take for you to push five O instead? Is it practice, list design, mindset, or a combination of factors? And then same question to Chris and Davey. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, to push five O. Uh, so I've 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 won five games at an event about twice. And I've won all games at small events a couple of times as well. And typically, it's a bit of luck. It's a bit of being in good form, which for me means understanding a lot of the armies in the meta at a given time and how I interact with them. I actually think that's what form tends to actually be for a 40k player, right? There's not that many surprises. You know your matchups well. You're feeling good about different matchups and what you're supposed to do in them. Um, and then it's being on an army that's that's strong and got good tools into that meta as well. Um, play level, I think, is reasonably consistent. I've played pretty much to the same standard across ninth, and I've been 
on better armies and in slightly better form a few times and then slightly weaker armies and slightly out of form and out of awareness of the meta a few times and the results have kind of ebbed and flowed accordingly. So I think those are the big things. Um, Definitely for myself, I am very prone to getting bored of concepts and or not just wanting to do what the obvious thing is, which just straight up holds me back from performing well at times because it's a stupid petty and unnecessary (laughs) viewpoint to take into competing i think um but i always like to try and do something to keep myself interested um which at times works and at times doesn't but i am trying to be a bit better this this year and be a bit more a bit more focused and ruthless was the goal um how about you guys go for it davy oh right i was pointing at you to go next um I mean, for me, I'm very, I'm very early on my 40k kind of competitive journey. Really, like, um, only really been trying to do well for about well nine months and a bit more. Um, I think, like, when I look at like what I speak to Tom quite a lot about this, like, what, what, what do I need to be doing differently? How am I doing? You know, and then I play Tom, and we'll have good games and stuff. But the way that Tom looks at things is just a different level to the way I do. And I think it's just understanding what you know to an extent. Uh, how, how really like um, seasoned players kind of just see things slightly differently, and I think there's a bit of that. Mm. Um, I also think there is um, a little bit of understanding who you are as a person, right? And yes. understanding how your brain works. So, I in a, in a past life, and I, I will say this very very strongly, did stand up comedy for ten years, <laughs> and. Um, I was friends with stand-up comedians who could just go up on stage and just make the room laugh, like, instantly. They didn't even need to prepare. Yeah, I was not one of those comedians. I would go on with very well-prepared material and perform that way. Um, Things that I would rehearse, things that were, like, almost set in stone to the fact that if I got torn off with a heck or anything like that, I could always jump back into it, and I I wouldn't even miss a beat. Mm. That's who I need to be in 40K. I need to be... Super prepared, um, well hmm. absolutely, absolutely. So, there's a, a comedian I really like called Anthony Jasonic uh, in America. Go and watch him; he's very funny. If you like dark comedy, and one of the things he says is that he writes. He, he's his goal is to write more jokes than anyone else, because if he does that, <laughs> he's going to end up with more better jokes. And yes. I think that's the requirement that I need. So you'll see me playing games and RTDs very often, because I feel like. The talent isn't there necessarily, but if I put the hard work in, I'll catch up. And hard work does beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. Absolutely. And then the very mm-hmm. last thing, really, is just not putting pressure on yourself too much to yeah. go and get it. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as Tom says, you've got to love the game. And if all of a sudden you're losing that kind of feel, that vibe for it, uh, you, you know, you're never going to become a great player if you don't love it. Yeah, and it's, just, it's managing love and... Um, and uh, growth at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think a lot of what you're talking about in terms of how you see the game and game state and stuff, and this is something Chris is actually very, very good at, um, is is muscle memory on one level. It's just layers yeah. of practice and experience. So all those reps you're doing help get you to that point. Um, I found that an addition reset was actually massive, and I think you'll find the same thing because when you go into a new addition and from the start you have all that accrued experience and practice at just getting to the root of what you need from the game um it's much easier <laughs> um and, and starting from the very beginning means you can layer it up as you go as well whereas obviously that's not not as possible otherwise 100 
How about you, Chris? Um, yeah, it's an interesting. One. I feel like I mean, I've been playing since eighth, so I've been playing for five, six years now. You know, I've done the hard yards. I've watched all the videos. I know all the tricks and the combat and that sort of thing. I think sometimes when you know all the little pieces, it can be a bit of an overload to be trying to pick out the right thing to use at the right time. I know that when I play these sorts of games, I'm a massive overthinker. I used to play chess um, at a pretty decent level when I was at kind of school age. And um, just like when you're computing all the different options and all those sorts of things, and it can definitely become quite... Uh, oh, what do I do now? So for me, yeah. it's actually having an on a um, having an army that fits my style. Mm-hmm. I think um, because I, for example, wouldn't want an arm. So I tried GSC like in eighth edition, and <laughs> it wasn't for me because I had so many options. I remember going to a tournament where I had thirty five units, and like, all right, which ones am I going to deploy and where? Which ones are coming in turn two? Which ones are coming in turn three? Yeah. And when you're trying to work out like the optimum way, just I couldn't do it. Like I just didn't yeah. have that gut. And it was the same bit of chess. So when I got into chess, I got really into openings. That was my thing. So I would like open loads of books about learning different openings and and that sort of thing. And I just kind of like memorize them. And I guess maybe the understanding wasn't there, but I could still hold my own at quite a high level just because I knew kind of the expectations. Um, and in terms of 40K, I think I'm at the level now where it's sometimes I can probably get a bit too involved into the, the like the micro kind of level of things rather than stepping back and just seeing the big picture to score the points over the course of the game. Um, I, I can think about all these little clever little plays and that, but is it contributing to the overall picture? Not so much. And throw in there that about once in the once a tournament, I like to do something really, really stupid. <laughs> um, that's quite a thing. I just like to do it, you know, just feel, feel like it. Yeah, let's just do something. Let's just forget about the things that I've been really focusing on. Let's just do something stupid and lose a game. And that has become, that does happen sometimes. Um, so In I recent think, times, you've been playing armies where those kind of mistakes really hurt as well, to be fair. Be yeah, quite, yeah quite you can. Unforgiving armies in that sense. Yeah, so I think for me to move forward, um, you know, I've won few events I've had a few five and o's and stuff um but also i've had some two threes like there's just not that consistency there and i think for me a big push that i want to do at the moment is play more because yeah. the last few months i've only been playing in tournaments and not been practicing and that's also just being more prepared and i am a bit like you davy in terms of that like i like to be prepared for things so for me yeah. in a perfect world relating to my chess if i know i'm going to uktc event and i know how i'm going to deploy in each mission and i know the optimum way of moving my harlequin boats from this one to this one to get into your deployment zone and these are the optimum angles if i can do those things then i will feel really confident and on top of that if i've played a matchup before i learn a lot from it going into it a second time um and i'm not perhaps as good as thinking on my feet as some people um but i once i've played a game I kind of quite good at learning from it. So I think for me, pushing forward is definitely going to be an improvement in preparation. It depends like how far you want to go, right? You've got these, you're trying to compete against people who are living off TTS and um, are just yeah. <laughs> mapping out angles and all yeah, those different things. Yeah. And, you know, we're not like, we're not up for that. We are just playing no, games that we want to enjoy. And you, you if we have a limit, 
we've yeah. discussed it. If we if we have a limit, TTS is where uh, certainly at the moment, me and Chris just draw the line. Just go. I just don't care enough about it to want yeah. to sit at home on the computer playing it. I really don't. I want to play Jurassic Park Evolution too when I'm sitting at home on the computer. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I absolutely do not want uh, to be on TTS playing a shitter version of a game I like playing in person with yeah. real humans. Yeah. <laughs> it depends like what you want to get out of it. Right? Of course, and it's so useful. It's clearly so useful because so many players in the top of the UK scene have broken through on it. But that's it's just I feel like yeah. I make good headway in in person, and I'm happy enough with that. That was one other thing that's worth saying is we we have such an asset in six plus plus now compared to how it was. Like we've got a really strong suite of players in there and really keen talkative people who are interested in discussing the game some really good minds i feel like almost everybody that i've had a really good demanding and interesting and enjoyable game with has ended up in that team over over the last few months um and that's that's a really nice place to be because it means all those people that i learned so much from and i'm challenged so much by um, are now on my side or re- available as regular players, and I think that's where the team plays a massive role. So I think I think that will be what develops our whole mm-hmm. squad more than anything else is is the team we've now built. And on that sense, on that side of things, I'm very optimistic that I think the next couple of years are going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. I just add one last thing to to this answer is you need a good run as well, right? Like you do. You so do. so to go three two to four one, sometimes it's just you didn't. Draw a oh, always, always about the matchups and the luck, always, oh, man, and the is. mission and the timing and who went first and all these things, hugely so. Yeah, there's only so much you can do, right? And yeah, and that's why again, like, um, don't like if you are getting the three two, if you are getting the two three, don't beat yourself up like it's no, no, no. no there's no, so no. much stuff you can't control, and just say to yourself, well, you know, if I'd have drawn X matchup four times in a row, then it would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes you just got to laugh I, and just say, "Well, this is it." Um, yeah, yeah. I think Dave's exactly. a great example, right? With 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 his grenade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a horrible he, run, and then he had a great run. Horrible <laughs> runs. Then he had an amazing run. So yeah, 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 yeah. It swings around roundabouts. No, completely. Yeah, and that 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 is the thing. And I think I think there's a danger, and I see it all the time in our communities at the moment. There's a danger in thinking of yourself as a player who does X or achieves. Why? And I know some very prominent players who have a very pronounced sense of what they should be achieving. And it's a recipe for being very unhappy and very grumpy when it doesn't happen. And you see it all the time. And and it produces some quite unpleasant behavior in some circles. It produces some quite unsporting behavior in some circles. Um, And I like to think, you know, I think this is an ethic that Chris very much sets from the top down is our team is about playing well and being a good sport every game. And making sure we do that, and then the rest is not, you know, specific outcomes are not as important as that. Um, and I, I, I will never. I'm not ever going to change that. I don't think. Um, or move away from that. Right. There was a second part to Run Predictable's question, and it was, "What would you say are each other's competitive strengths and weaknesses?" This is quite funny. Do we want to each do? One of the others, <laughs> in terms of well, in terms I've of never Chris, I don't know. Yeah, I've never okay, so, well, I can I can I can say for Davy. I can say for Davy. Um, uh, <laughs> no, 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 uh, that wouldn't work. You've you've not you've not played each other, have you? So this this no. doesn't work. But this, we can this we is can. A difficult one. Nonetheless, 
I think should we just, an amazing should we, opponent. Shall we say? Shall we say for ourselves, and then and then we can cross reference or yeah, do what do you yeah, sounds good. Go on, Davy. You can. Oh, Davey, well, why are you good myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. good at Davy. Well, um, I think there's there's two two parts. Uh, probably too nice to my opponent, too hard on myself. Um, Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's one of the key things. Far um, too hard on yourself. Yep. Yeah, so, and by hard on yourself, it doesn't mean I go in going, oh, I'm, I'm rubbish or blah, blah, blah. No, I no, no, no. It's, going... it's like hyper-sporting. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. I've got this um, inbuilt kind of like I need, uh, I need it's, it, and it comes from also the stand-up, right? You want people to like you more than you want to be good. And yeah. um, and that's the issue. And, of course, yeah. it's great to be liked. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, if you're giving away things that you really shouldn't, like, you, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and then, you know, uh, I've got this uh, this ability to not shut up during my opponent's turn and go, well, if you do that, then that, that'll be like that. Oh, oh yeah, cool. I can I can score four points then. Yeah, sweet. Um, and then losing by two points. That's a good thing as well. Like I've watched yeah. enough streams of the absolute top tier players and they do that as well. Like Because there's this almost yeah, yeah. given that they both know the optimum thing. Like, you know, we all, well, we'll talk about Alvio later, but, you know, watching the Harpster Porter game. Oh, so oh. good. And Porter so was good. like, um, yeah, well, you could do it, but I, I would then just emergency disembark onto that objective and get a 12 on it. And Jack was like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, I won't charge it. And just took back the charge he just dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's stuff like that. Like, they do yeah. it all the time. And it's quite they remarkable. They want to win based on the best game possible rather than. Yeah, yeah exactly. But at the top level, I agree with that. But the middle level, if, if yeah. I'm playing at the middle level or playing someone or playing someone who's new, etc., and then explaining that to them, they yeah. might learn. People, it. people aren't always able to reciprocate. That's the thing. People don't always have the that level of there's, engagement. There's that. There's there's that, which is which obviously would be nice. But also, are they going to learn from me telling them or them making the mistake? <laughs> and I think yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I think this is a bit of both, right? So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think that um, I think I hit a good medium at this weekend, anyway. But. Um, but that's probably my big thing in terms of uh, was it weaknesses and strengths? Weaknesses yeah. and strengths, yeah. Uh, what's my competitive strength? I think relentlessness. Yeah. <laughs> just keep playing, keep playing, just keep going, keep playing games, uh, keep going to tournaments, try and learn as much as you can. Yeah, very much so. Cool. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I, I think I'm generally very good at knowing what my opponent wants to do. And how their army works because I'm quite I've got a brain full of words and information so I can usually have lots and lots and lots of armies and their rules tucked away in my head and stratagems combos all that stuff which when it works it means it's I'm quite good at mapping how the two armies interact I think I'm quite good at damaging things like units like knowing what you need to do to get rid of X Y Z um, and quite good at writing lists that will score effectively um, I don't think i have great overall game state analysis i always find I, i'm trying to get just like a big blob of chunks ahead in a game because i don't really know how a game plays out at the end and sometimes i'm quite over eager and try and do too much try and affect too much of the board play for too much of the board try and make too many things happen at once and often lose games that way because i blow out because i've tried to be in all places at once because um, i'm a bit greedy see too many possibilities on the board and then try and act on all of them at once 
um, which in, in ninth can go really badly. I think those are probably my main ones. Well, that's fair. I think, yeah, like we played a game recently where you just nailed in on the fact that the only way I score points is with X unit. Mm. And you said, right, they're dead. That's the number one priority. Yeah. And it's a priority that no one not no one else I've played with this list has picked out. So yeah. Um, so while while game state it's kind of game state, but in reality it's more spotting the strengths and weaknesses and you and as you say, combos within uh, Yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely like I think I'm good at knowing what will make an opponent's plan break down. Right. And and, and doing that. That's that's definitely good. Um, how about you, Chris? Uh, I guess I kind of spoke about it already. I think I have a pretty good knowledge of all the 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 things that you can do, like in the game, yeah. you know, like all the fancy tricks and that sort of thing. And um, and um, I think I'm quite good at reflecting. It's probably part of the job, you know. Like when you train to be a teacher, it's hammered into you about um, reflecting on your practice all the time. And my degree was philosophy, and like all those sort of things just mean I'm a massive overthinker. So I like to go through the games and reflect. So that means I think I'm probably quite good at identifying where it went right or wrong. And then when it went right, still finding those things. So I guess from that, I can learn reasonably well. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of mistakes, I think I can probably get into, or weaknesses, I get into quite a specific way of playing. Um, And I'm like, this is the way I've got to play this game. And I would then just be like trying to force that tactic home rather than changing it depending on the scenario and that sort of thing I'm like no this is the method that works I need to make this method work rather than um, so like for example when I played that Italian sisters player at the final game um, off Nottingham you know I was like right I play this way and I win by one point and I'm going to stick to this way when actually he was like well you should just put six boats here Six boats here, shot, 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 six boats here. There's a big six boat blob, and I would never in a million years take that risk. I would need to play that in like lots of practice games and really get to grips with that method. You know, I've put, as I said, like so many games into Harlequins, and I've got a method which, you know, has success when it goes, when, when I don't make silly mistakes. And, um, yeah, so I think I can probably be a bit get set into a certain way of playing. Like, you know, our game, Tom, obviously, um, you know, <laughs> and we played, I should have just dumped everything. And, you know, I played yeah, Paul yeah. on Monday. And, that was um, a game where I very much just gambled on you you playing the way you, you, you like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I played Paul on um, Sunday into his death wing. And I found myself like trying to be more aggressive. But again, I just hadn't gone all in enough on one side. And I was yeah. like doing bit part all ends on either side and it just wasn't quite enough. No, I, I do that I do that all the time as well. Yeah. yeah. And, sort of um, two two flanks not quite doing it. Yeah. Like, Having that cohesive plan about what you're gonna do pre game is obviously so important. So yeah that's I guess what I was yeah. But Chris I saying. think it's fair to say though I think it's an admirable skill set to be able to um turn one no I win by one point here. Oh, it's, it's yeah. That, I just never have that. I never have that. No, man. I would love to know that. I mean, I, I I do try to look at this a little bit, but I tend to start thinking about it turn three. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is probably too late. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. it depends massively on the game. So in that particular game, it was because of the secondaries and the primary. 
um, yeah, yeah. your mission and stuff. So yeah, obviously there's some games where but I think it's, that's it's, some, it's something that work. some very some very top players definitely have. Yeah, and I think very useful. I'm trying to do it more and more early doors now. And I, the only way you don't just I don't think you just play and suddenly go. I've got enough experience now to know what the score is probably going to be from turn three. I think every time you play, and this is something that maybe we should start doing in our practice, is being like talking through the game. Like, well, if yep. you do this, and you, you, like, even if it's just each turn, well, what happens now if we just stay in our hearts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just get yeah. into the habit of understanding each game you play in terms of, if I don't do anything, yeah, what happens? What happens? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. kind of, because then it stops you from having to commit when you complaining all those sorts of things you know yeah, back to that game in Elvio, right it's they they yeah. started to talk it out after turn one was it yeah yeah versus home so they literally just yeah just chatted very just chatted, very yeah. cool moment and we were all sat on the discord um, <laughs> just sitting there going are they talking it out this is insane but, <laughs> man, but hey who how how else do you find out who needs to be yeah, practiced, yeah, right it's just so yeah, clear yeah. And, and cut yeah, yeah absolutely love it Absolutely. Great. That's a really interesting question. Thank you very much for that. Um, Chris, have you got anything else from the social? I have one more. I have one cool. from getting back into 40K, also known as Aaron. Oh, it's Aaron. Um, Aaron. And Aaron says, and this is a really RTT winner, Aaron, Aaron Wilson. It's yeah. that Aaron Wilson. Yeah, the, one and trophy only Wilson. the trophy hunter. 3-0 yeah. Wilson, that guy. He says, if all armies were equal, what army would you collect? Oh, that's cool. Really the, ones I, the ones I already do. I, I, none, none of them are in my. You can only pick to... one. Only allowed one army. <sighs> Ooh, right, we're picking one. All arms were equal. <sighs> God, wouldn't that be a thing? <laughs> Imagine that world. I'm gonna orcs. say orcs. Sure. Orcs. Yeah, sure. It's very so cool. Well, no squeaks. No squeaks. No squeaks. All... Or like killer, killer cans, right? Eighteen killer, killer cans, can. uh, tanks uh, that have been like yeah. orc, orcized. Um, <laughs> yeah, all that, all that stuff. That's yeah, I'll be into that. It's a, it's a good range to choose because so much stuff. What about you, yeah, Chris? Just so much conversion opportunity, right? Oh yeah. Um, I guess if all armies equal, then it comes down to either play style or law interest, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And range to an extent, right? Having uh, that's—I always think having enough to keep you interested in a range is is good. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I was going to say Grey Knights because I love their law. Yeah, they are. Cool. Um, they're like my favourite army um, when they came out uh, many moons ago, and um, you know they've got quite an interesting style. But I guess it, it is still quite like there's not that many data sheets. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess I then go Eldar currently. Just because they've got mm. such a range of different ways of yeah being played, but it doesn't feel like the right option. I don't feel like an Eldar. No, I think I think Crawford is a good option because it's got tons of different stuff within it, yeah. right? And it's it's an all three phases army. It's I've always said Tyranids. Um, I was going to say I'm surprised David didn't pick Tyranids because yeah, I think Tyranids. They've got they just cover really all cool, the bases, right? don't they? They do all the different yeah. aspects weld, and uh, that's why I bought a giant box of them, which is. Sat away somewhere for a future project, but like, they just they cover all of the base. It's just alien. I've never been that into aliens, so I guess they don't have that like law aspect of um, the hook for me. But as an army, their play style, they're cool. 
I love Tyranids, but if I chose the army that I had, I'd be a right wanker, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I'd probably pick Drakari. <laughs> ah, speaking of wankers. I'm yeah, joking, there I'm go. I like Drakari. I like the way they play. I like that sort of massive amount of damage, but very fragile vibe. And they're my favorite army that does that. And they've got some absolute combat blenders, lots, lots and lots of speed. And they're the baddies, and they've got they've got a really diverse set of you know it's three armies. You're collecting three armies. You have got Coven, Witch Cult, Cabal. You've got lots going on, different yeah, color yeah. schemes. Big they've selection. kept me very ent- kept me very entertained, and still still keep me very entertained to this day. And Definitely my second pick as well, man. They're if so I'm, cool. if I'm they're so cool. They're and they're just they're just super super good looking on the on the table, um, and loads and loads of fun. And and when it all comes together, and you just put the complete shutdown on, it's it's very rewarding. So yeah. But I don't want to play Aaron's Tau with them anymore, ever again. It's hard. It's really hard. No one wants to play Aaron's Tau. <laughs> it's true. Right, we've got a, a, t- a handful of quite short questions from the, from the Discord, then we're done. So, Elmo Miniatures was curious to find out if Chris is as goddamn sexy as his voice suggests. Um, underneath that, please, he has a gun. Help. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris is a very sexy man. You know it. We all know it. That's fine. Um, and then Scrivo asks, "How many kill rigs is enough, Dacker? What's the maximum you can take? You can take three. Three. Oh, kill rigs! I was thinking killer cans. Kill rigs. Kill rigs. Two and a squiggoth is my answer, Scrivo, because you can field that already. Go and go <laughs> and field that. Don't listen to the people who tell you the squiggoth's bad, mate. It's amazing. I love it." Um, and then he's asked a sensible question because I think he wanted to. Do you guys feel that custom successor picks for Space Marines will change from current archetypes to better line up with Dev Doctrine styles? So that's an interesting question because obviously Marines score super well in Dev Doctrine now with um, whatever it is, Codex Warfare. Warfare. Will cu- people running custom successes want to take custom traits that? sort of lean heavily into that i mean i guess what what can you get you can get extra range can you, you can get like ignoring certain penalties i mean those those um i, I played um i played a game on stream where the opponent took uh the extra range yeah so there is that there and i think it do, i think there is something to be said about that don't think it's the most mm-hmm. powerful do you think White nope. Scars? Do you think Blood Angels will take something like that? I don't necessarily think they would. Whirlwind of Rage might still be a thing, I guess. Yeah, I just, I just, I think the thing with the combat stuff, the exploding sixes, plus one to hit, etc., is that it often shores up melee for an army that's already very good at shooting. That was certainly what it did with Iron Hands, and it, it feels like Marines are going to be shooting just fine without extended range or anything like that. But they are still not, especially the non, um, you know, the non sort of space wolves or type type factions or white scars. They're not melee champions, combat champions. So I reckon some traits that amp them up in that regard probably still are really valuable to have. Yeah, I don't. But I mean, I I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see if they if if marines players do move away from it. My instinct is that they're probably still going to benefit so much from getting some combat boost. Um, 
but I've not actually seen a ton of the marine lists just yet. And obviously, no, if you're Dark Angels, you don't want to be a successor chapter full stop, right? Because no, too much rides on being pure Dark Angels, and they're maybe actually the best ones. Uh, did so, I hallucinate this? Or do you lose the ability to choose um, chapter secondaries if you go successor chapter? I think... Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if you lose chapter secondaries or not. Oh. But I can't remember. But if that's the case, I think... That would be a big punishment, right? It's a big punishment. I feel like that might be a thing, but I can't remember. Mm, there was something about it. It definitely had some kind of caveat, didn't it, this time? Hmm. So that'd be worth checking. Some some marine chapters do have good secondaries. Yeah, you just keep running your Ravenwing Scriver, and you don't make don't make them successes. You keep them keep them pure <laughs> Ravenwing. Scriver yeah, has yeah. actually been running a very sort of alpha style Ravenwing list for the entirety of ninth edition, and it's now just been amped up to eleven, which is quite terrifying. So very fearful to see what happens when that is out and about soon. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I think that's all our questions, isn't it? So thank you very much to everyone who sent those in. That's been a lot of fun to do. Um, feel free to chuck more more questions in Discord for next time, more questions on the socials. You can email us. All of the links to that will be on the on the video below, and it's a lot of fun to get into your questions. Great. Right. Davey, it's your time to shine. It's oh, event right. recap time. Tell so us about event. an event that you've recently done. Yeah, so event recap. Uh, I was at the Outriders 2000-point uh, 40K GT at the weekend. Um, okay. it was 12 players was supposed to be 14 unfortunately there was a dropout um, and uh, but no 12 players still which was cool um, I was originally drawn into Harlequin oh but let me talk about the event so the event at um, War Games Workshop in Milton Keynes um, I you know I think this club is a really good community there's, there's I've not I've never found another shop like it so far mm. in terms of you can play uh, pretty much any evening, as long as you ask permission, ahead of time. Um, mm. Staff are largely 40, 40k orientated. They know everything about, generally, most things about the game. So there's always someone to help you there if you are new or even if you're experienced. There's tons of terrain available to choose from. Um, I think one of the things that I would say about the event, however, is that the, because it uses um, a mixture of GW terrain and there's a bit of a, a mix, of, uh, like basically, there's all sorts of terrain that they use because you can't just have tons of terrain sitting around in the back. As a result, some tables are very light, other tables are sort of light and occasionally they're medium. So it really does benefit shooting armies mm. is what I would say in terms yeah. of food and things like that. They do food on site, which is good. There's even a subway around the corner. There's a Mackey's, there's a Tesco. There's tons of options in terms of uh, eating there. So if you are looking at um, playing over this way, um, I would recommend uh, the Outriders. I would consider lighter terrain when you're building your list. Is essentially top and bottom of it. Um, so my uh, list included um, two. So it's Axe of Omen. So just mm -hmm. to point out, it was all Axe of Omen. My list was Tyranids because I'm I'm still one of the poor souls trying to make it work. Um, <laughs> and yeah, basically the list was running really quickly through it. Is a Hive Tyrant, a Swarm Lord. Uh, the Swarm Lord's there to give buffs. Uh, Neurothrop, uh, three times 15 Hormigans with Toxin Sacks. Um, three Tyranid Warriors, six Jane Stealers, Elicta, two squads of three Pyrovars, which are the Flamers, 
um, a tyrant guard because you need your tyrants to stay alive, and two parasites, one squad of ripper swarms, and an extra crew. So essentially, very uh, and all under the umbrella of High Fleet Gorgon, which auto wounds on fours and has the ability to. Uh, sorry, it wounds on fours always, except against vehicles and uh, Titanic. But I do have the ability to auto wound on fives for a CP. That's very much like a very quick breakdown of the list. If you have any questions about the list, give me give give me a message or give me a question <laughs> on the Discord. Drop um, me a line. Yeah, give me a line. Uh, no, no, sorry, wrong word. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that took a turn. Um, all right, so my games. I had three games. Um, first up, I was drawn against Harlequin, so uh, Tom and Chris kindly jumped on a call with me the night before to figure it all out before I was then drawn into Votan as the Harlequin player. Unfortunately, dropped kindly, so it was even numbers. Um, that's uh, Paul Hartz, the shark as he's uh, known around here, because he's an absolute shark. Uh, but he's a very good player. <laughs> I was looking forward to the game. It would have been great to test myself against him. However, I was drawn against a lad called Lee, um, who brought his Votan. Really great game, really nice opponent. Um, I got first turn and just hemmed him into his, his own half. And that was the game, essentially. It was on the scouring, so it was quite a difficult one to get out of his own deployment zone. I denied him primary turn one, and it kind of fell down from there a little bit. Um, mm. uh, really happy that he said he learned a lot after the end of it. Like again, as we said before, I, I tried to be a great opponent. I tried to be a nice opponent, and I feel like he came out of it saying, "Oh, mate, mate you were great." So I was dead chuffed yeah. with that, more so great. than the win, if I'm honest. Absolutely. Um, I then grew, <laughs> drew into uh, an army. I was very interested to play um, Grey Knights. So I mm. don't have the psychic defense I had at the last last uh, GT that I went to, I've changed the list significantly since then. So I was against Grey Knights, so it was a little bit, uh, you know, a bit of a worry. Um, also with three armager help with Helverins. So again, really uh, not a worrisome game, but like, oh, wow, this is going to be a difficult matchup. Um, and this was on... Yeah, this is, this is popping up, isn't it? This Helverins-Grey Knights combo. This is something oh, yeah. that's... Jake yeah, I suppose it does something yeah. that Grey Knights don't have, right? Grey Knights don't have a great, a great deal of like... Um, high AP shooting, except for the no, Dread yeah. Knights. Yeah. This chap didn't have any Dread Knights at all. Uh, he just had the Helverins, uh, a massive chunk of Paladins. So there's nine Paladins in a squad teleporting around, which well, anyway. was uh, something I had to deal with. The Swarm Lord kindly did a bit of that for me. Um, but yeah, so in this game, really, it was... Um, I think I got first turn, if I remember rightly. I didn't, I didn't really want first turn. I'd have been quite happy with him having first turn. But um, it kind of, again, came down to some poor secondary picks on his part. Took Engage, which I can see why he did it. But it's just such a tough secondary to score with. It really is. Even when it's teleporting all over the place. It, you just Sometimes you just go, right, I've got Engage. Oh, no, I'm in the middle of the board. <laughs> and it's just a sad face. Um, again, really nice guy. And again, kindly said he learned loads off us. So I was really happy with that. Oh, great. So, yeah, two, two good games there. And then, of course, having scored pretty well, like uh, mid-80s in both games, I then got Drew into the number one player at the tournament, um, the uh, the town master himself, uh, soon-to-be head war boss, uh, Aaron Wilson. 
Aaron Wilson, blimey. Yeah, six plus plus famous Aaron Wilson, who... Hor- horrible guy. Horrible guy. No, like, R- he yeah. is. Aaron's the top guy, top guy. I oh, honestly he's, an absolute, he's an absolute hate babe. playing him. I've lost, yeah. I think I've lost every game I've ever played against Aaron. Because um, he's always had his towel and he always just mullers us. Um, but uh, I went in with my head held high. I said, right, okay, let's see how we do this. And unfortunately, the low amount of terrain really bit me in the butt here. Um, I even won the roll off and chose the side with the best terrain, but there's just no hiding uh, what I was trying to do. <clears throat> Probably could have chose better secondaries too. So I think in the end, he got 93 to my 60, 65, I want to say. Um, but Aaron's, you know, well-deserved winner. He's a great player. So really mm. pleased for him. Um, and, you know, he, he, you know, genuinely probably the best player at the event. So really pleased for him. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, really enjoyed the event. Would recommend. But Taylor your army to deal with very little mm. terrain. And you, you placed, right, as well? Oh yes, I came third. I came third. I was nearly <laughs> second, so I was quite happy with that. But yeah, I came third podium and, placed. Uh, you should follow my Instagram. It's Swissly yeah, on Instagram. But um, I would say that, and I, and I explained on that that I had uh, eight warm-up games to this RTT because I really want to see if I can make Tyranid still sing. I lost seven of those warm-up games. Um, yeah, I won one of them. But I was trying things out every game in terms of secondaries, yeah. in terms of missions, in terms of what I thought I was good at, what I thought I was bad at. And um, so I lost seven out of eight games running into the tournament, into the RTT, but then won two out of three. Yeah, so unplaced. Yeah, I exactly. just think it's, I just it's think a fantastic it's, result. It's a great advert, like for for learning, like what Chris has said is like going finishing a game and then seeing what you could have done better, how you could have how how you could have won, what is the route to victory for your army, and then taking it to a competitive event and then trying to do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, big time. Like, don't take losing as a you're not you're not a loser because you lost. Yeah, you're a learner because you lost. Yeah, absolutely. Is the really think, kind of think, wanky, sincere way of saying it? You know, it was in a context where in the last couple of weeks the win rate for Nids has been horrible. All the all the conversation around them has been negative, been doom and gloom, and you know you've had your whole team going, "Oh, David, you want to do something else?" You know, we're all, we're all trying to sort of guide you off onto something else. We're sort of worried. Oh, I don't want David having a rough time. And then you put a whole week of practice in and take out a podium place, which is great, like absolutely fantastic. I think it's really really cool. Yeah, man. Um, and, and even so, I'm very hyped work. on looking at other lists that do really well. And yeah. um, I saw a guy in the Czech Republic go four one. Uh, with the Tyranid list as well. It was Behemoth, which... Excellent. Yeah, you know, really pleased for him in terms of like, oh, wow, someone's making it work. So, yeah, it's tough, yeah. man. It's tough, but um, how much are you going to learn by switching armies and how much are you going to learn by actually trying to make something subpar work? Good. And there's, there's pros and cons to both, but at the moment I'm taking this hands No, definitely. And I will be definitely... I'm writing a, an article on navigating changes in, in faction power for, for Goonhammer at the moment and I'm going to be using you as a case study I reckon because oh, uh, that's, nice. that, that's a lovely little story um, which well, and, uh, demonst- demonstrates exactly what can be done um, well I've got a GT so, yeah. in two weeks Tom so hold that article oh I'll win that I'll do an interview take that you. out and come back and I'll do an interview yeah brilliant um, no really really cool man and well done and well done to Aaron as well it was it was very very nice a, a rare weekend off for me it was nice to see some photos coming in and, and, and you lads sort of smiling with your trophies at the end was was absolutely lovely yeah and also big high five to MK Outriders for providing trophies 
Yeah. It's yeah, great. Super sweet. Lovely, lovely prize support, right? Really nice. And prize support in Execute terms of models as well, right? So I got I got £25 worth of vouchers. So that was sweet. Oh, amazing. Did you, did you buy anything or did you I did. Them? I bought... What did, what did um, you get? Some... Grats! Look at these bad boys. Here we go. I don't know what to. I don't know what to make up though. I don't know what to make. I, either stabbers or oh, what they called? Stickers. Stickers or stabbers? I don't know. Oh, uh, there you go. Magnetize all of them so you can choose. Magnetize twenty grats. Is that what you're telling me to do, Tom? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Seems yeah, I'm messing. I'm messing. Yeah. Um, I I had an event a couple of weeks prior, which we'll just rattle through very very quickly. Which was it was a one k incursion size event at Tabletop Republic in High Wycombe. Um, really really fun. Um, and this is my first Arcs of Omen event, and I've been playing GSC a lot, and I was a bit exhausted and a bit tired of that kind of. Here's my castle. I'm going to get my points. Can you stop me? So I was like, what is very different to that that I can take for this? And I've been playing Crusade, and one of my Crusade armies is Flesh Terrors. And I was like, I reckon Flesh Terrors will be really fun for this because yeeting Death Company into people turn one when it's a thousand points is pretty dangerous, pretty scary. So I took a Flesh Terrors list, had a couple of units of Death Company, one with Power Fist, one with Swords, some Sangard, Smash Captain, an Apothecary with some Assault Terminators because they're good now, and uh, five Plasma Inceptors as well, which was the sort of dirty bit of the list. Some very nasty, high-quality shooting dropping down, and they cost, at the time, a mere 200 points. They have since been nerfed again. So this is this was some dirty meta-chasing on my part with the Plasma Inceptors. Um, and I had four great games. My first round, I got absolutely destroyed by Thousand Suns. Had a, it was a really cool duplicity list, and he teleported all around me, got round in behind with the mortal wounds and the bolters. AP2 bolters really hurt Space Marines again now. Um, and I had a moment where I went into his exalted sorcerer with my death company, and he just made four up saves for Dave's, and I, and I bounced off. And at that point, I was in big trouble and got tabled very quickly. <laughs> um, and then I had a game into Votan, where I just put the Votan really hard on the back foot from the get-go through Death Company into them, hid all my guys in the middle, and then just popped out and smashed him up. Inceptors came down, shot loads of stuff. Um, and it was really difficult for him to get out. Although it is worth saying, one Berserk squad killed about 400 points of my guys anyway. Just went off it's and so went, on an abs- went on an absolute killing spree. It wasn't enough to turn the game, but blimey, they really do kill stuff. Um, then I had a game into my mate Adam's Tau, and this was a surreal game. So I played a pra- the only practice game I played for this, I played with Adam in the week before. And Adam beat me by a point. And it's he reckons it's the first time he's beaten me in like a match play game. I think he has won one other one before. I think he beat me in lockdown with his Blood Angels into Death Guard when we played like via a camera. But yeah, really good game. Um, and his list just kills the shit out of mine. Um, but I got quite a nice mission where there was like a little, there's just one of those secondary objectives you can, do for the mission to get more primary by scanning objectives and you get more the further up the field you are basically and adam was playing for a big turn two turn three push but i was able to sort of lock down a bunch of objectives and do a load of the scans whilst i was getting murdered to get just enough of a primary lead to win that very narrowly but i had quite a lot of luck in that game and then final round i got six armages which is really fun um because i just absolutely demolished them basically there's no no polite way of saying it he couldn't see me and i just popped out a unit a turn smashed up an armature and just kept going until there weren't any armatures left and it was it was all very sad um and over very quickly but cj who i played was a really lovely lad um so i've got a little 
I got a third place as well, Davey, so I join you in that. I've got my nice little vigilant and faithful third place trophy, which was fun from Tabletop Republic. Um, but uh, a friend of the show, John Scrivens, actually finished second with his orcs, finished above me, showed me how it was done. So well done again, John, for your for your placing. That was really cool. Is that Scrivens um, of Team that is, Wales? That's, that's Scrivo of Team Wales, the Team Wales. Yeah, exactly. You know, a big deal in these parts. Um, and and so, also, yeah. a big shout out to that star, by the way. It's a lovely star, right? Oh, Tabletop Republic is so yeah, good. Yeah. They're just so nice. I love their events. I thought they'd actually done a really cool terrain setup where it was sort of GW style, but with a little bit of that UKTC little ruins going on. And they'd obviously designed it all themselves, clearly put lots of thought into it. And I think for making terrain and format of that scale work, I think they'd done a great job because they'd actually made the map slightly bigger. So you had space to work with so for guys like the thousand some players right he could really actually exploit the space with the teleporting and stuff there was it wasn't so claustrophobic that armies that need mobility and movement couldn't do stuff mm. which i thought was a good change i think i think 1k actually works better at the scale they played it which was four by four um and yeah really really fun events always really enjoy tabletop republic and a really good time had and i do like flesh terrors it's not subtle um <laughs> it's really not subtle but um, free Inferno pistols on all your uh, units these days for Blood Angels is pretty nuts. Um, top Blood Angels players not sold that they'll be any good, but I mean that that just feels like a lot of melter shots for an army to just suddenly have, right? Yeah, so yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. Have to see. I certainly enjoyed it. Um, I won't run the plasma interceptors again because they're three hundred points now. So um, the, the squad's gone up by a hundred, has it? It went up by 100, yeah. They put 10 points on each gun. Apparently, they said it was a mistake. Apparently, they were never meant to go down to 40 each, but who knows? Um, fortunately for me, plasma receptors are just stored away for another day anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty glad cool. for everyone else who wasn't going to use them. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's our, that's our event hunting. We're going to just briefly run through some LVO reactions, and then we'll talk about our channel plans, and then that's us done, I think. So the LVO, this was good fun. I've never followed the LVO quite as devotedly as I did uh, this weekend. It was quite fun. We had the whole chat buzzing. We were all following the games. We had a bit of a Discord watch party for a couple of the matches as well. Um, and it was obviously a really interesting and engaging finale to that ITC season. What did you guys think of it? Um, yeah, I think... Like last year I watched it a bit and the year before and that sort of thing. But as you say, this was like the first time we properly actively got engaged with it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think is because we're obviously interested and involved in the competitive scene, it's like the the more you get into it, the more like names you know. So yes. rather than just being like, oh, I've heard of Nick Nanavati, I wonder how he's getting on. You're like, oh, there's like 10 players here who I'm interested in like following their progress. Obviously, here in the UK, we had um, Vic VJ, who was current number one, so we were keen to see how he got on. Yep. Uh, David Gaylard, who was also in the hunt, and my you know, my personal hero, Mike Porter, who was still in it as well. The so, um, every Best round... Best personal stats of anyone in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I was, every round, I was praying for Mike Porter to be on the, um, on the stream. Um, and uh, as it kind of went through, obviously, I watched Vic lose... On uh, in that game against Alex Phil, yeah. um, which was you know I watched I watched, stayed up late to watch that and that was 
that was very sad times. I played Vic a couple of times, and he's like just such a nice opponent. He's such a nice oh, he's player. a wonderful guy. Yeah, very gutted for him there. And then um, yeah, it kind of heated up on day two, and then we yeah, were all very interested to see how it went down. And finally, Mike so Mike Porter was on stream. He's playing yeah. Tao, and I've had a bad time with Tao recently. And I watched it, and he put like four boats just out in the open turn one. And he killed <laughs> one plane and almost killed a second. And I'm like, all those boats are going to die. I don't understand what's going on here. I do this as well. Well, what's different? And then all the bike boats died. And then, you know, Porter had put his player place terrain so he could basically run from one building in his deployment zone to the other build, the tower building in the deployment zone. Which obviously you can't do with UKTC terrain. So it was a bit different. No. Um, and as I, I had to go out, and um, I, as Brad Chester was like, well, I have to table you in two turns. So I went off and I had no idea what happened. And I think Paul sent a picture on the chat, and it was like, there was like no, there were Nothing. no Harleys left at all, basically. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't looking good. But he still won like 90 40. <laughs> wow. How's he not there? <laughs> He's just a magic man, isn't he? Oh, I just, I mean, he just kept them to zero primary the whole game. No primary yeah, exactly. the whole game. Um, so it was really cool to watch that. And then obviously he then played Jack in the semis, which was great because basically the winner almost certainly won. This was, it was, this was, was it. It was playing yeah, off for the ITC. Yeah. Um, so that was a really good watch. And obviously it was a really interesting moment, turn one. Um, in terms of sportsmanship and like that sort of thing, hugely so, uh, interesting. Um, and I think this is like for us who are or the middle you know, relatable, you know, bang average, average Joe's, bang average. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we can learn a lot. So, for those who don't know, um, Jack got first turn and sent in, you know, the deaf company as you do, it's the only smart. strategy, yeah. And he charged his boats, and then Mike was like, Well, you know, there is a Solitaire here, which you would probably have to charge as well. And he was like, oh, right, yeah. Okay, I'll charge the Solitaire. So Mike goes, well, okay, well, I'll use the light stratagem to move the um, to move the Solitaire away. Yeah. And then in Mike's turn one, he sends the Solitaire off down into behind to get behind enemy lines and assassinate to pick up the Sanguinary Ancient. At that point, when he did that, light move away, Charles, on the chat, I was like, you can't do that. It's not a light model. It's like just a generic yeah. model. It doesn't get access to that strat. And then I think it lit up on the YouTube chat as well. Um, and, yeah, like all of a sudden it cut to the commentators and the judges had, because the judges were talking to the players about it and saying, like, we've caught this. How do you want to proceed? And Mike was like, well, that's fine. I'll just kill off the solitaire and I'll have my troop master up there instead. Like, there's no argument. There's no <laughs> yeah. discussion. He was just like, yeah, fine. I'll just lose that model. Then it's my fault. Yeah. And like, in just the... literally bins a 110 point unit. Yeah. And, you know, he, you're playing for, let's face it, a few thousand quid. And, yeah. and um, the, you know, the prize, the, the top the, prize. The ultimate right? prize. And he was just like, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. And, like Jack's got a very interesting way of playing because he's very much he talks about the game to his opponent like constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I do, I know if you do that, like, I don't care about that. And you know, I guess in some ways it's massively like a head fuck because you know you're like, so I shouldn't do that. 
Like for us, we'd be like, yeah. There's there's there's, there's, an, there's an extent to which with that kind of chat, you can be trying to sort of program or counter program the opponent, which it can, yeah, it's hard to yeah, exactly. be a little bit. It's like, is he doing it just because he that's how he sees the game and that's what he genuinely believes, yeah, or yeah. is there any sort of manipulation? There? Hard to say. But you're not going to manipulate Mike Porter. Um, no, no he was, um, you know, and he still felt in control. And I found it such an interesting game to watch because um, Porter had won the roll off. So in the middle of the board, he got to put the first piece of terrain down. So mm. Obviously, he put down a little crate because the dark angel, uh, the blood angels, all they want to do is stick a big ruin right by that middle of that board so he can put his whole army in there and the next turn yeah. charge. And that's just game. Um, and. So Mike had won that, but still it felt like Jack had a good positioning and Yeah, his other his other two ruins were both really nice. They weren't actually really they well. weren't proper objective defending, were they? It was more so that he could threaten all the others yeah, from them. He set it up really well. And he kind yeah. of you could just see, I think it was turn three, he just decided to go all in and try and kill all the boats. And um he didn't know if it was the right move. And it could quite easily have bounced. It could quite easily mm. have bounced. And it didn't and that was just game. And um, yeah. got yeah, yeah, the Hardy's got demect in one big blow, and suddenly there's just Sangard on every objective. It it really yeah. did come out of nowhere. It was suddenly just yeah. p- put the entire game to bed very aggressively. Yeah, no, it was um, it was the right thing to do, and he read the game. See, yeah. And having played into that matchup so many times, um, it was. Um, yeah, it's so hard to kill Sanguinary Guard with armor. Oh, it's content, super hard. Yeah, yeah. As as Harlequins. Um, so yeah, no. I, the actual draw. You do you want to tell it? The um, the other semi final was also really interesting. The Naden Orcs Morisoli game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, David, do you know what happened here, or I can take it if not. So this was this was a, another one where there was basically an accounting error in this case rather than a rules error um, early on in the game. A bit of primary was missed, and so really really good close game between the two sides, um, orcs and demons. And then uh, after the game had finished, it was discovered that a bit of primary had been missed. So actually, the demons player should have won the game. Should have been up and. Because the game had gone to time, the judges just wanted to just resolve it and move on. And I think they were essentially going to say, "Well, because it's diced down and everything else, would you know, it doesn't doesn't count. So there's no win. There's no win here for the demons." But then the Orcs player that was Sean Naden, was it? I think it was the Orcs yeah. player, um, who's obviously a brilliant player in his own right. Um, basically, just said, "Well, let's just roll off, and whoever whoever wins goes through to the next round." There's a real again, it's amazing, right? You have got this whole this whole top strata players who are all so relaxed um, and so so sort of calm about what happens next. Um, and and the sportsmanship seemed to flow very effortlessly and very very readily and and uh, as it was, Sean Naden won the roll off, so he carried on going, um, and and Harpster won the final anyway. <laughs> Absolutely um, demolished Sean. But I also yeah, think yeah. you have to comment on how Matt Morisoli went second into Orcs, who just swamped yeah. board and spent the whole game basically his deployment zone and still to, dug it out. to yeah. get to dig it out was like genuinely like really yeah. impressive. Yeah, oh, it's a sensational player, and and it, again, it. I mean, one of the if we're think, talking about more general interesting things from LVO, I, I say I think the high performances from, from demons from both Morisoli mm. and Nanavati was really interesting. That was the the faction that I don't think anyone was calling would be mm. in contention in the top places, um, 
and and really strong showings from two demon players. And it was it was Thousand Sun Flamers that made way, right? That was that was the chaos yeah, that, that, that didn't turn up, right? So much noise about Thousand Sun Flamers going into the event. Um, and they didn't make it, they fell down, but the demons got through. So good on you, demons players. It was nice to see. I wonder if we would have seen that kind of um yeah, let's roll off for it first round. Because I do think there's a lot to be said about what are these guys ten games in? Maybe Sean wasn't, but Matt was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if there's like an angle of, you know what, I've played enough games of 40k. Like, how many games of 40k <laughs> do you need to play to go, let's just roll off for it? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And I think that for, if it was the first game of the tournament, potentially it might have been a different story. But yeah, I, don't maybe. Know. I still think, to be, I, I don't want to discount what, this, what they've done, right? Because I think what Sean did there was very kind of very chill. Like, yeah, let's just roll off for it. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so it is interesting. Though. I think I think a lot's to be said about like you've played the weekend of forty k. You are knackered. You've played against a really strong opponent. You've oh, both sure. beat each other black and blue. Like you know, it's almost like uh, a, a different game than that. First, it's a different game in comparison to that first game. No, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it was good. It was it was good. Good games to see, and I think um, the overall meta at the end of Nephilim was fairly. Fairly healthy, you right? Didn't have, yeah, really good place. You had a really nice spread of armies. Really yeah, one nice Tyranid in the top eight. Just want to say one, uh, one Tyranid. Yeah, one Tyranid. Rough that uh, they got the worst nerfs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of war's top, top four nerf, uh, top ten nerfed units included four Tyranids. No, I'm not saying anything. Abs- I'm not saying anything. No, Nids, Nids got Newt, mate. Newt from Orbit, no doubt about it. Got treated absolutely horrifically. Shame. But yeah, it was a good spread. Nids, Tau, Empress Children. Um, demons. What else? We have orcs, blood angels, and and oh. orc blood angels final. If someone said orc blood angels final, right? I mean, no one, no one's calling that pre-event, right? You know, you look at the players on it, and you're not surprised, right? You're not surprised if someone tells you harps to Naden final, you're like, yeah, okay, fair enough, absolutely. But I think that was very interesting, and it, it, I was struck by it because I've got you know you're you, you're in WhatsApp chats that are endlessly talking all of the time and if when when a big final happens and it's a bunch of armies from one faction i can guarantee you that a ton of people i know are going to post that top 10 show you it make a big song and dance big fuss about how how screwed the game is in a particular direction interesting balanced diverse top 10 nothing not yeah, no, no noise like- no no, noise, no comment, no comment. There's never, we don't have it in us to just reflect when the game's good, and it has been good. Late Nephilim has been really good, so been good. in a really, been in a really good place for a lot of armies, um, and we can only hope uh, that it stays as good going into the the next few months. Absolutely, and, and also sings the praises of our of, of list builders who go right. The meta is X. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to take the best list. I want to take what beats the best list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, and, and what, then, I, know, and what I know, really well. on your skill to go and beat everyone else. Yeah. Um, incidentally, to also beating the best list, which is just yeah. like really admirable and top, top, top techers, I believe the frit. Yeah. What kids say. Definitely. Yeah, maybe like ten years ago, Davy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. Be nice. Great. I mean, I think that's that's the main thing. I think we're all a bit in love with the idea of trying to go to LVO at some stage. So I don't know whether that happens anytime soon remains to be seen, but it would be nice to do. Um, mm, absolutely. So we're just going to wrap up by talking about any channel plans, any ambitions we have going forwards, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. So Chris, where are we headed next? What's, what's going to be happening? Yeah. I mean, so I think at the beginning of the year, we kind of set out a plan, didn't we, of um, sorts of things that we wanted to do. We want to be getting out weekly content, 
Um, we want to be in a good place for when we get to um, 10th edition, as and when that comes out and kind of really ride the wave. We want to set ourselves up to be a, you know, like a good team in the community, to be competing yeah. well, but at the same time, you know, be a team that people enjoy playing against. Um, and, you know, I think you take January, we've got off to a good start. We've had lots of events. Absolutely, yeah. Done a great job. Yeah. Um, lots of players have been doing really well. We've got quite a few players who are in the top three for their specific faction. Um, and then in terms of channel, we've been getting out content pretty frequently. Um, so, yeah, like kind of moving forward, um, we're just going to be looking to um, vary our content more. Obviously, a lot of yeah. the time recently, we've been doing a lot of um, podcasts and that sort of thing. But our Roots from Battle Reports... Yeah. And we're going to be really getting more into more battle reports. Um, and they're going to be really short ones, you know, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes maybe. But they're still going to be focused on the tactical aspects of things and why the players are making the decision. And just a learning opportunity um, yeah. in the form of a battle report, really. And that's something we're really keen to kind of like push forward and stress. Um, as well as various tactics videos and army videos and all those sorts of things, all the good stuff. We're just going to be... It's a bit more active, really. So hopefully you guys will, as listeners, will enjoy that sort of thing. And what we'll do each week or each time we do a podcast is we'll tell you uh, what content we've produced as well um, and kind of how that goes. But other than that, um, we've got, you know, lots of tournaments booked. We've got the um, Teams event coming up. We're, we do love our teams. We um, do. I think we're trying to take that a bit more seriously this time so we're definitely as I was trying as like preparing for that and that sort of thing um but yeah we'll just I think we're it feels like at the moment we're on we're doing well at the moment it feels like we're building up a bit yeah. of a platform at the moment momentum so feels good doesn't it? we want all the um all our lovely listeners and viewers and that sort of thing to kind of just get involved so um please do come and find us on the various pages you know we have a facebook page which is just six plus plus gaming um you know all the links are below um in the description on the link tree but the facebook page is where we put whenever we go to a tournament we do a weekend preview where we've yep. got um, Jeff Jefferson <laughs> and Ken Kamara, and yep. they, they chat about the, the tournament. They talk <laughs> about um, – this is just a written article, by the way, but it, it's, we've got a cool logo with, or picture which Scrivo designed for us to look like Sky Sports News. Um, and we talk all through our armies that we're taking and all that sort of thing, build a bit of buzz for the event. Then over the events, we post how we're getting on um, in each round and anything going on there with various pictures – um, so yeah, our Facebook page is where we probably keep up all the content. Most um, we have Instagram, again Six Plus Plus Gaming, where we share um, meme Mondays. Davey is a meme master. He is. He's the meme, the <laughs> meme king. Legend. Um, so uh, don't tell I work. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely um, do that while I'm at work. So yeah, and our, our, the memes are a mix of forty k ones and ones relevant to us, but they're pretty. And then we have a. Work in progress Wednesday, where we share all our kind of like the work we're going, as well as just um, sharing our general kind of um, the different stuff that we're painting and working or maybe talking about in our podcast at the same time. Um, and then, of course, we have a Discord, and um, it seems we like do. people are joining the Discord, and it, yeah, the it's getting noisy, isn't it? It's starting yeah. to build up, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, we hope to keep building that. You can post your questions for the podcast and just ask yeah. questions in general Please do. a load of different channels um we are going to be taking the step into age of sigma we with are. a monthly um 
a monthly show where um oh there you are look at that boost oh there's a sneak <laughs> preview for you um so we've there's five of us we're gonna do a tale of five war gamers series there's five of us and we're gonna track our progress and try learn the game some of us are coming from different places like tom's already done a tournament right he's a He's a he's a master of the game. I have. Um, I love it. I've, I've chosen my army. I'm I'm giving some subtle clues as to what that is in the background. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll um, that will be coming out um, at some point very early February, as soon as people film their bits and send them to me. Um, yeah. And uh, so that'll be cool. That'll be a monthly thing as well. So yeah, we're looking to branch out. I yeah, I guess we'll, we'll probably be at some kind of Age of Sigmar event by the latter stages of the yeah, year, definitely. right? Which would be, be really good fun to do. Um, and that, that'll be a good chance to get silly with the content. We've got a bunch of fun armies picked out, um, and we're really excited to get that in motion. I have a better um, clue as to what army Tom is taking. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, that was. Oh, you were doing the same video. Sorry, my bad. I didn't know that was how that song started. It starts, yeah. It t- it's a slow burner. Well, let's get let's get the main bit right. Let's get the main bit so people know. Uh. <laughs> I'm home. I'm home, baby. I mean, uh, do do we get demonetized for having copyright material? I yeah, I'm not. sure we do. I'm sure <laughs> we, we do. We've now just lost the five p this episode. Yeah, it's, it's five p up the swan, Davy. That's not my wages, there. guys. As well, that's so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exciting times, isn't it? We've got lots, lots of stuff planned. We're going to just keep, keep building on this momentum. And thank you to everyone who, who keeps feeding back and getting involved and asking questions and all those kind of things because it, it really helps to galvanise us and get us up and running. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be us for this evening. It's time for us to stumble and fall asleep. That's what I'm going to do. That's definitely that's definitely where well, I'm, I'm going to go and watch the end of Mortal Kombat. Because uh, you actually I, nice. I've nice. not seen so it's the new one, right? I didn't know um, there was a new one. One with Sub Zero in it, who's the big bad, I think. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's weird, but you know what? I'm uh, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Chris going to keep building shuriken, I reckon. Keep sticking shuriken catapults on things. You know, long way, to, long way to go yet. We've got day tomorrow. I mean, this we do. We we're actually we're at least some content is getting made tomorrow by me and Chris because we're, we're we hanging out ourselves. Yeah. We are just hanging out. Oh, I absolutely haven't built the dinosaur that I need to build. Oh, that's fine. Maybe we just play smaller points, Chris. That'd be all right. I'll work it out. Sounds good. But, um, yeah, going to be really fun. Um, I think we were going to do Drakari Custodes. I think was the yeah. We're going to film Battle Report Drakari versus back, Custodes. Battle Report. See where those two are at now um, in Arcs of Omen. Oh, when a rock meets a hard place. Drakari yeah, I'm not. As, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not optimistic for this tie, but I think I think it'll be really fun, um, yeah. and it'll it'll be nice to have have the Druks out. And Custodes are a sleeper. I feel like I feel like Custodes are going to come out real strong. Didn't they um, win a big GT in? They did. Um, they absolutely did. Australia. Yeah, it was Liam Hackett won a GT. So yeah, I that's, think, that's I think right. Yeah, they'll be right back at it. I think, but we'll be interested to see how Chris gets on. So yeah, that'll be us. Um, stay well out there, and we will see you all again soon. Bye. Bye.